Okay. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. My name is Dan, if we've never got the chance to meet. And I am not a mom. <laughs> Shocking. I know. I know. We actually thought about having a mother speak today. I mean, that's pretty common. We do that quite often here at Connect uh, throughout the year, not just on Mother's Day, but we thought, oh, maybe it would be a really great idea to continue that tradition and have a lady speak on Mother's Day. But then it, it occurred to us that it might be counterproductive to say to some woman, we've got a special day in which we are going to honor you. So would you do us a favor, prepare a 30-minute speech, and then get ready to deliver it twice to about 400 people throughout the morning. I mean, it just, it felt like maybe, maybe we should give moms a little bit of a break this morning. And so you're stuck with me, despite the fact that I am not a mother, I'm not even a parent. But as I mentioned, I found as I was pre preparing this message that it was so incredibly helpful to me, a guy who has no kids. I, I felt like the Lord was speaking directly to me in this moment. And my hope is that whether you're a mom with many children scattered near or far, or you're a, a lady without any kids of your own, or you're a dude, that, that you would find the words that we read today genuinely help you to have a, a clearer sense of what God desires for you every single day. So let me read for you a couple of verses from Galatians chapter number five. We've been in this series on emotions, We've been talking about how God gave us our emotions. Emotions are there for a good reason. We're supposed to pay attention to them and all of these different things. And today, although it's a Mother's Day message, it really is a continuation of many of the things that we've already been talking about. Listen to what these three verses say. Galatians chapter number five, verses 16 to 18. The scripture says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But, verse 18 says, when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. Okay, so we're going to read a little bit more, and if you're kind of like, I don't get it yet, that's okay. Track with me. I promise it's going to make sense by the time we get done. Paul's focus here is to convince Christians to live according to the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's trying to get us to see. Living life in step with God's Holy Spirit, leading us and guiding us every day, is the best possible way to approach our day, our family, our work, our mind, whatever it might be. And he talks in this passage about how this doesn't come naturally to us. I, I want to be really upfront about this. I'm a pastor. I'm like a professional Christian, okay? This is hard for me. It is not an easy thing to walk in step with God's Spirit every day. It can be a battle to know what the Spirit wants. And then once you do know what He wants, to actually make it a reality, man, that can be very, very difficult. And so he says this doesn't come naturally to us, that we fight a constant battle between what is natural and what is spiritual, what is born of our flesh, what is born of the Spirit. And we're going to talk more about all of that in just a moment, but I want to highlight for you that last verse that's there on the screen. Verse number 18. Paul says, when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, mamas, you might not think 
that that's a super meaningful sentence just yet. But by the time we get done this morning, I think you're going to be saying, amen, hallelujah, that's right, retweet when you understand what Paul means here. We got to update it, you know, modernize it a little bit, okay? All right, so Paul says, when you're guided by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. What is the law of Moses? Well, the law of Moses is a shorthand way of referring to the first five books of the Old Testament. And within that passage of Scripture, there were a list of 613 rules that good Jewish men and women were expected to follow. 613 is a lot of rules, you guys. I don't know how many rules you have in your house. Like usually mom has like four rules for the kids, okay? Under the law of Moses, people were expected to keep 613 different laws. These laws represented the ideal, the best picture of what a woman or a man should look like. It was the ideal standard against which people were judged in ancient Israel. But there was a problem with the law of Moses. The law of Moses was not bad in and of itself, but the problem was it was unattainable. No matter how hard people tried, they were eventually going to break one of those 613 commandments. In fact, most people couldn't get through the first few hours of the day without breaking one of those 613 commandments. And so no matter how much effort somebody put into it, no matter how much discipline they tried to muster up, they found that it was impossible to keep every single one of the laws. They failed to live up to the standard that was set by the law of Moses. Now, in Canada, in 2023, we don't live by the law of Moses anymore. And thank God for that. The law of Moses is not really the ideal standard against which we measure women or mothers or men or kids in our world today. But hear me now, that does not mean that there aren't new laws against which every person is measured. Are you with me? Are you tracking what I'm saying here? How many times, ladies, have you been given a picture of what an ideal mother or woman is supposed to be like? How many different pictures? How many different standards? How many different ideals? How many different laws have been presented to us about what a great mother might look like or the perfect husband or anything else? I mean, like specifically, I I told you I'm not a mom, okay? But I have seen plenty of these laws or these standards that have been given to women in our world today. Our world tells you that you've got to be a boss babe. Or that you need to be a domestic goddess or a Pinterest queen, or you need to be the perfect hashtag boy mom, or you've got to be a Proverbs 31 woman, TM. You know, it's like trademarked, okay? There are all of these conceptions about what a woman is supposed to be. And and it depends on where you live in the world and like what time in history you might live and what values a culture or even individuals might have. But there are all of these different laws against women or, or against which women are measured up to. Okay, it's incredible to me because the messaging for men is a whole lot simpler. Okay. Now, I'm not going to make any value judgments about whether this is right or wrong. I don't want you to hear me saying anything about whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying the messaging that I have received as a man is that my job as a male in society is to protect and provide. Now, look, I'm not saying yes, no, whatever. I'm simply saying 
we all know if we're talking about manhood, your job is to protect and provide and maybe grill a good steak. Like it's simple. (laughs) It is simple to be or to know what's expected of you as a man, protect and provide. Ladies, you got to do everything else. Are you with me? It's almost like everything else falls on the plate or under the banner of what women are supposed to, what is ideal for a lady in our world. Now catch this, because that scope of expectation is so incredibly wide, there are nearly an infinite number of pictures or conceptions of what a great mama looks like or what a perfect wife might be, or the perfect widow or single lady. There is this huge number of differing and even competing ideas of what women should be. And if you manage to actually attain or achieve one of those pictures, like maybe you become the boss babe, you know what'll happen? Somebody will come along and they will say, women ain't supposed to be boss babes. They're supposed to be at home nurturing their children. And they flip a different picture in front of you and say, you don't measure up to this one. Or you stay home, stay at home, mama, doing great, great work, hard work. And somebody else will come along and say, oh, that's so wonderful, good for you. But I manage a multi-million dollar international organization. Thank you very much. And suddenly you feel... Oh, that's what a real woman in 2023 looks like. Do you see? There are all of these laws, pictures, ideals that are given to women. And they do compete. And the moment you feel like you might actually be a good example of one of them, they simply flip another one and and leave you feeling like you can't measure up. No, No wonder that women often feel crushed under the weight of expectations and standards in our modern world. So mom, if you feel inadequate, if you feel like you are forever chasing an ideal that you cannot quite live up to, I want you to hear the words of Galatians 5.18. When you are directed by God's spirit, you are not under any obligation to the law. Not the law of Moses, not the law of biblical womanhood, not the law of the CEO. You are not under the law to those things. Instead, God is going to show you a different picture, a different emphasis. And here's what's so beautiful and wonderful about this. This different picture is going to make room for almost all of those pictures of what womanhood should be. There's going to be room for women who are in the business world and have no children. There's going to be room for women who never get married. There are going to be, there's going to be room for women that have a quiver full, if you know what I'm talking about. We are going to have room for women in all of their different variety and life circumstances under this picture. But before we talk about what it is, you need to know that God has freed you. You are under no obligation if you are led by the Spirit to live up to the unbiblical laws that have been held up in front of you. So let me just ask a question, even before we move on, for you ladies, and hey, listen, uh, it's a Mother's Day message, but men, you could ask yourself the same question. Like, what are the pictures? What's the law that I feel like I'm supposed to be measuring up to? Where does that come from? Ask yourself honestly, what law have I been judging myself by? Is it what I see on social media? 
Is it what I heard growing up in the pulpit? Is it what my sister does or doesn't do? How am I determining what my life is supposed to look like? What law am I living under? What law have I judged myself by? Now, if we jump down to verse 22, the news gets even better than that. Not just that God has freed you from that law, but he has actually given you something to focus on. An emphasis, an orientation toward which to point your life. That if you were to truly grab a hold of this, you would find yourself much better off for it. Look at what verse 22 says. Very, very famous verse in the Bible. The scripture says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then, as if to like re-emphasize it, because he's afraid in like the last six or eight verses you've already forgotten, Paul says, against such things, there is no law. This, this verse is often called the fruit of the Spirit, the result of living uh, controlled or guided, filled by God's Spirit every single day. The kinds of qualities that are present here are, are the ones that come from abiding in Christ and walking in the Spirit every day. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now I want you to notice this passage does not say anything about your job title, ladies. It doesn't say when you are controlled by God's spirit, you will be a mother. It doesn't say you will shatter the glass ceiling. You might do both, you might do neither. It doesn't say when you are controlled by God's spirit, ladies, you will bake the perfect sourdough. (laughs) And it doesn't say you'll fit into a certain gene size. None of that is what God's spirit is concerned about in your life. He has something much better in store for you. God desires that you would produce not the fruit of the world's law, but the fruit of the spirit. I mean, would it be amazing if you had more love in your home, in your heart, amongst your relationships? Who wouldn't like a little extra joy? God's like, I'm here. I'm passing out joy. You want some? And you're like, no, thanks. I'm good. No, no. You can never have too much joy. Who wouldn't want more peace? Who doesn't need more patience? Okay. Gentleness or self-control. Of course, it would be amazing to have each of those qualities in ever increasing abundance in our lives. And this is what God wants for your soul, for your home, for your family, for your workplace, to be characterized by those things. And he says that the fruit of the spirit, the work of the spirit can give you what all of those other notions and laws of womanhood promise, but never provide. God's spirit has the ability to give you what the world promises, but never provides. Now there's a danger here and we need to address it before we move on. The danger here is that if you miss what we are about to talk about, the fruit of the spirit will simply become another law that you find yourself beholden to. Okay. So if I preach this the wrong way, If you hear this the wrong way, you're going to leave here today and you're going to say, oh boy, that verse talked about patience. 
and I need, I just, I know I am not patient enough with my husband and with my kids. I lose it all the time. And God is here telling me that I'm supposed to produce the fruit of the spirit, which is patience. And so I'm going to leave here today and I am going to work really, really hard to be patient, patient with him, patient with her, patient with them. Can I tell you, if that is what you leave here thinking, then I have completely failed and you are going to fail. You here's the thing. You will do better for about an hour. (laughs) But hear me now. There are only so many episodes of Bluey that you can watch before you're just done. I can't do it. I can't see. I can't hear that accent for one more minute. There are only so many times that you can tell your husband to take out the trash before kindness is gone, okay? There's just none left. You have exhausted your supply. It is guaranteed to fail if you approach the fruit of the Spirit that way. Why? Because it misunderstands who produces the fruit. Who produces the fruit according to Galatians chapter number five? It's the Holy Spirit. Hear me now. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of those things, okay? This is not the fruit of a hard-working mama. It is not the fruit of the perfect biblical woman. No, it is the fruit of the Spirit at work through us that produces these sorts of things. So I want to help explain how this works, okay? I want you to really understand that. In order to illustrate it, we're going to go to another passage of Scripture. But before I go to another passage, I need to talk to you ladies about the most important thing in your purse, okay? Now, I'll be the very first to admit that I have no clue what goes on in y'all's handbag, okay? (laughs) It just, like, it is an absolute mystery to men, What is happening inside of a bag? I have learned that most purses are a mystery to other women. Are you with me? It's like the owner of the bag understands exactly how everything is organized and what's all down there in the bottom and stuff like that. But people who are walking in and opening up and looking for some lip gloss or something, they're as lost as anybody else. One time, this is no lie. One time, my wife had a tiny little handbag. I think maybe it's called like a clutch or something. You know what I'm talking about? Just like the little, little thing. And... I saw her open it up, reach in, and pull out an umbrella. Like, an umbrella big enough for the both of us. And it was in her tiny little purse. So I don't even pretend to understand what is going on inside of those magical little TARDIS of bags. It's like you open it up, it's another dimension. There's just so much stuff in there. Anyway, I don't understand what's going on. But I can talk to you about what the most powerful, maybe even the most important thing inside of your purse is. Now, you probably think I'm talking about this right? Your cell phone. And boy, cell phone's powerful. I mean, it keeps you connected. It it includes your schedule when you go and you're buying groceries or you're, you know, buying uh, whatever for your office. You know, it's like you've got your phone, you've got the ability to pay for it. This is an incredibly powerful device. But can I tell you that this probably is not the most powerful device inside of your purse? This is. If you don't know, if you can't tell from the back of the room, This is your cell phone charging cable. And if you really give it some thought, this cheap, simple, basic little thing 
could be the most important item that you carry around with you every single day, okay? Consider it, consider it. This has a finite battery. No matter, I, you know, I buy the Pro Max because I need the battery to last as long as possible, okay? But no matter how big the battery is that they put in here, no matter how carefully I try to manage the electrical load, eventually it's gonna run out of juice. And despite the fact that I paid like a grand for this stupid thing, ugh, once it runs out of juice, it's a thousand dollar paperweight. It has no value. Like what good is a dead cell phone? You, you can't look at your schedule. You can't tap at the register. You can't look at photos of your beautiful little babies. You can't answer messages. It is useless once it runs out. But when the phone is connected to the cable and the cable is plugged into the outlet, the source of unlimited power and energy, your phone will run forever. It can do anything and everything that it needs to do. It is this cable that enables it to keep doing what it's supposed to do every single day. Wouldn't it be just awesome if you could be connected to an unlimited supply of joy or peace or self-control the same way that your phone can be connected to an unlimited supply of power. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus says in John chapter number 15, verse number five. John 15, five, Jesus says it this way. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. There's that word again. Remember, we were talking about fruit a moment ago. It says, remain in me and I in you. Stay connected to the source and you will produce much fruit. For apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. Now, Jesus lived before we had an iPhone. You realize that, right? So, uh, he is using an agricultural metaphor here instead of a technological metaphor. But the meaning is exactly the same. When I talk to you about the charging cable and Jesus talks to you about the grapevine and the branches, he is describing and illustrating. We are saying the exact same thing. Just as a phone can only produce and continue to run when it's connected to an outlet, Jesus is making the same point. Grapes can only be produced when the uh, branches are connected to the vine, right? Okay, fruit is the result of staying connected to the vine. It is not the result of really hard work. It is not the result of looking perfect on Instagram. It's not the result of pleasing everybody in your life. It is not the result of ticking off everybody in your life. Fruit. The spiritual fruit that God wants to characterize your lives, ladies and men, the spiritual fruit that God wants you to, to produce, it is not produced by you. It is produced in you, through you, by God's spirit. So if you find yourself today saying, boy, my home needs so much more peace, you're going to struggle to provide that peace 
yourself. Because actually you weren't meant to provide the peace any more than this cable was meant to provide the electricity. No, it's a conduit. It's a channel. As long as the phone is connected to the outlet, it will have what it needs. As long as we remain connected to God's spirit, then we will have what we need. Fruit is the result of staying connected to the vine. Fruit is the result of staying connected to the vine. Did you catch how confidently Jesus expressed it? I love this, man. Can we put uh, 15.5 back on the screen, John 15.5 here? Look at how confidently and just like surely he said it. He says that if you remain in him, if you are led by his spirit, if you focus on your relationship with Jesus first, if you do that, he says you will produce much fruit. Do you notice he doesn't say, you might. God will prepare you to produce a little bit of fruit, maybe. No, you will produce fruit. And it's not you that produces this, it's the Holy Spirit working through you, okay? It'll, it will become like automatic. You didn't even think about it. You didn't even know how there came to be more peace and patience in your home. You don't know why there's so much joy, but it's there. It's a, you know, your body has several systems that are essentially automatic. They happen, they work, and you don't give it any conscious thought. So you've been in this auditorium now for a little under an hour, and guess what? You've probably never thought once, blink, I need to blink. Now, as soon as I say that, some of you guys are gonna get fixated on your blinking, I'm sorry to do that to you, but it just happens automatically. Why? Because your muscles are connected the way they're supposed to be to your brain. Same with your breath, the same with your heartbeat. We've got these systems, blinking and breathing and beating. Hey, maybe another system we need to consider that happens automatically without any effort on our part when we are connected to the source is bearing. We bear much fruit, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of ladies who do not measure themselves against some external and ungodly law, but instead women who are fully submitted, surrendered, and filled by God's Holy Spirit. And when people think about you, they think there's a woman with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He says you will if you remain in him. Then I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't simply say, yeah, you'll bear some fruit. No, he says, you will bear much fruit, much fruit. I like that. Much peace, much patience, much self-control. Now listen, you need to understand when we think of the word much, it's very different from when God uses the word much, okay? Like when I talk about much, I'm like, yeah, much. It's, a, you know, it fills a big bowl in my cabinet. That's much. That's a lot. No, 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 no. The God that we serve, okay, when he talks about much butterflies, for instance, he created 18,000 different species of butterflies. Did you know that? There are 18,000 different kinds of butterflies. That's the kind of much God has in mind. When, when God uses the word much, he's talking about Billions and billions of galaxies that are themselves populated by billions and billions of solar systems and planets and moons and comets and only he knows what else. When God uses the word much, he means exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything you might ask or think. It means 
that there will be more peace than you need to lower the temperature in your house. When he says self-control, there will be more available to you than your husband can test. Are you with me? When he says joy, there will be such a deep well of joy to draw from that when life is at its worst, somehow you're still joyful. People will say, how are you in such a good mood given what you're going through right now? And you're going to say, I don't know. I just have the peace of God in me. I've got more than enough for myself. In fact, I got a little extra. You want some? You'll just start sharing. This is life overflowing. This is what we talk about Sunday in and Sunday out. When we are yielded and surrendered and submitted and filled to Christ and his word and his spirit, he not only fills us, he not only gives us what we need, but he gives us an abundance even more so that it spills out from us into our kids, into our boyfriend, into our workplace, into our communities. Oh, please God, into our churches. God says you'll bear much fruit. Okay. Mama, God's desire is to free you from these unbiblical laws of motherhood. The ones that leave you broken and burdened and feel like, oh, I'm never going to be her and I'm never going to be them. And oh, it's just too much. He wants you connected with Christ and filled with his spirit and bearing the fruit of the spirit. We don't need super moms. We need spirit-filled moms. We don't need perfect women. We need women who point towards the perfect Savior. That's our goal. We're vessels. We're the branches. I'm nothing but a charging cable, you guys. I'm just going to let God do what only he can do in me and through me. I hope, ladies, that that perspective on Mother's Day is a breath of fresh air to you. That God's expectation is simply that you say yes to him and leave the results to him as well. Father, I pray that you would bless the reading and the teaching of your word today. I'm praying for women and I'm praying for men that God, our identity would be rooted and founded in you. That every single day, God, our chief desire, the first thing we wanna do is to surrender ourselves to you, to be guided by your word, to be filled by your spirit and God, to allow you to show us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what to say, what not to say. Lord, may we be controlled by your spirit and not by anything else. Bless our moms today. Bless our families. Bless our dads. Bless our singles. Bless our children. Bless everyone, Lord, with an increasing sense of what you want to do through them by the work of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in your name. Amen.